Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. Hey, everybody out there in T-Bomb land. What's going on as we wrap up 2021, technically, if you listen to the show on a weekly basis, bringing you a happy New Year wish from both Joe and myself. But here's what's wonderful, and we've said this before, Joe. You could be listening to this show in July of 2023, for that matter. It doesn't really matter what month and what year. You're still going to get a great amount of value uh, from what we're going to talk about today, uh, as that's never going to go away. Uh, That's more for the people that listen to it every week on a weekly basis when we say Happy New Year, because you obviously know that we're at the end of 2021. That's all. That's all we're saying there. But today, we have a great show talking about concentric eccentric and isometric strength. What are they? How do they work together? You know, what are some of the benefits, you know, they supply actually separately. And let's talk about that today, Joe. What do you, what do you think? Shall we? Yeah, we shall. Okay. Well, there's that. Uh, But obviously, obviously before we get into those three different types of limit strength, and we'll explain that in a minute, let's talk about, I don't know. Let's talk about Generation X. And you know what? For that matter, all generations out there listening in, we're going to dial it back to November, Joe, of 1977. What were you doing in November of 1977? Do you remember? Yeah, I was three years old. I don't know what I was doing back then. Well, I'll tell you what. you were. I know exactly what you were doing. You were glued to the TV set. That's what you were doing. From the time this first episode came out in November of 1977, it was aired, and it was a show that I feel – I feel could help explain the freakish strengths, all three categories we are talking about today, which I just briefly mentioned a moment ago. We both watched this show religiously, and and I quote the most famous line from the show, which was always in the beginning credits. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Hulk, ladies and gentlemen, starring Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. Joe, you're going to tell me you don't remember that show? No, oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, uh, one of the things that we probably could have used this for as well is uh, incidental emotion. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there was a lot of that. There was a yeah. lot of that going on. He definitely that had that. He definitely <laughs> he was very had that angry. going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. David Banner had a lot of incidental emotion. <laughs> but but th- this show, I think it aired for approximately five seasons. Uh, you know, growing up when you're younger, it seems like it was on forever right. uh, because of reruns and so on and so forth. And you only got to watch one episode a week, by the way, kids out there. You didn't get mm-hmm. to stream it on Netflix. Uh, when the episode ended on Monday evening at 9 p.m., you had to wait a week before you can actually watch the next episode. So that's another thing. Uh, we know the whole story, right? Uh, if you've watched that show for all my Generation Xers out there, you know, you had Dr. David Banner played by Bill Bixby. And something went wrong in the laboratory, Joe. He had a, a mishap. He was a scientist. He had a mishap. Whatever whatever concoction he was putting together, he either ingested it. I don't know if he, he, he was breathing it in or if he actually ingested it by accident. And it caused a chemical reaction, a chemical process in his body that any time – 
he began to get upset about anything. This particular reaction from whatever it was, whatever potion he accidentally took in, it would turn him into a raging. He would go from a five foot 10, 165 pound man. And in a moment of anger, because you did something to irritate him, he would turn into a six foot two, 270 some pound, 5% body fat, by the way, uh, beast of, of, a, of an, of a individual who is green. Um, I don't know who came up with that. Well, the Hulk is green, but, but if you're talking about the incredible Hulk, this is where we received our beginnings of that particular, what we didn't know then, uh, what we know now is he's actually one of the super friends, right? He's one, he's one of Marvel comics, um, most popular characters, I guess you could say. Um, I didn't know that then. Uh, I just knew that Dr. David Banner was really upset when every time he turned into this thing. So and basically, the whole show was about Dr. David Banner doing what? He's trying to pretend like he's dead. People think he died in that accident in the lab. And he's trying to pretend like he is dead. And he basically hitchhikes all over the place trying to find a cure for this disease he now has. And there's a reporter that is very curious as to what actually happened to him and basically is hot on his trail. Thus the line, Mr. McGee, the reporter, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I was angry. And that was a fantastic show. But how does that relate to our strengths that we will be discussing today? All three of them. Anyone who watched this, you know, you watch this show, you saw the Hulk display all three of those strengths that I mentioned earlier. And we're going to talk about, you know, extensively in this show today. Uh, Although we're going to get deeper into all that, I, I will simply give you guys examples from this show where the Hulk displays each one of them. Now, maybe that'll help this episode make more sense as as we go on. Concentric strength is the first one we're going to talk about today. So how can I relate that to this show from 1977? You know, when you see episodes where the Hulk is is pushing the front end of a car from ground level up over his head, that movement from ground level up over his head is concentric. Now, eccentric strength, when you actually see the Hulk begin to lower the car back down to the ground, being ever so careful, that's being sarcastic, as he lowers the car down, for whatever reason he has the car over his head, as he's lowering it back to the ground, slow, controlled movements is what we want here. The Hulk really didn't listen, but he should have been doing this. Slow, controlled movements as he lowers the car back to the ground, that's eccentric. And the third one is isometric, or a lot of us say static. So you think isometric, you think motionless. You think just holding something in place. And so for the brief moment that the Hulk is pausing and holding that car up over his head, that would be considered isometric. He's going nowhere with the car. He's not lowering it. He's not raising it. Much could be saying this, uh, said the same when it comes to lifting weights. And so let's get into that. Um, as far as the Hulk is concerned, we're going to leave him behind now. We may bring him up during the show, but We wanted to give you guys an example uh, based on our weird way of doing things. And Joe will tell you, you mean your weird way of doing things Um, uh, using my 80s expertise, my 70s and 80s expertise to maybe give examples of what today's show is all about. And that definitely is a show, okay, where we can talk about these three different strengths. And I guarantee you, as we talk about them today, you'll keep going back to that one example I just talked about with the Hulk picking the car up, lowering the car down, or just holding the car 
over his head for whatever reason for a short, you know, a short period of time. Yeah. You know, Tony, before you go on, I just want to say something, a little point of redemption for myself. Sure. Uh, you know, last week, uh, when we were talking, I said, uh, I thought one of them was egomaniac. Uh, well, I think what I was doing was I was getting confused with, I mean, I knew it wasn't that that's why I had you do the, uh, the outro in that show. Sure. Um, you know, but what I, what I thought it was, was egocentric. And then I went and further <laughs> screwed it all up and said egomaniac. So, you know, there's that. I thought egocentric because I just, I was looking at the cliff notes of the whole, uh, the show that was coming up. And I'm like, yeah, and I couldn't really, trying to remember. I remembered isometric. I, I know that. I've heard that a lot throughout, you know, yeah. working out. But eccentric sure. and uh, concentric, I've never heard of it in my life. So yeah. just just note that, okay? It was supposed it's to duly be noted. egocentric. Yeah, egocentric. Duly noted. Right? Egomaniac. <laughs> yeah, duly noted. And, if, and, if, and, and way off, way off point here real quick, if you can do this. This for me because mm-hmm. I don't have it here in my notes. I didn't mark it down to remind sure. myself. Uh, and God only knows where my ADD will take me at the end of the show. But uh, I want to uh, give a quick disclaimer about uh, the interview that I did on another podcast um, this past week, mm-hmm. uh, and just let everybody know where that where that's at right now. Um, so just kind of remind me when we sure. talk about that. So, but that being said, let's get back to it. With all that being uh, said, I should say, let's get back to it. Um, let me explain how each of these concepts uh, come from a term we know as limit strength. So all three of these concepts come from a term that we call limit strength. Now, limit strength basically is that foundation we talk about, Joe, you know, building your building your house on a concrete slab rather than just building it in the mud or building it on, you know, flat ground, just sand. Um, and so limit strength is a huge tool in that toolbox when it comes to foundational training. Limit strength is basically, folks, your ability in terms of one rep max. So when you talk about how much can I bench press one time, how much can I squat one time, how much can I overhead press one time, how much can I barbell barbell curl? I don't know why that word's always so hard for me to say. I say it 6,000 times a day. Barbell curl. Maybe it sounds funny. Does it sound funny? Barbell. It sounds, funny, it sounds it sounds interesting to try to say at least three times. Yeah, barbell, barbell, barbell. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah could, no. it could get interesting. <laughs> so barbell curl on, um, you know, that one rep max. How much can I curl one time and do it effectively and do it correctly? Uh, deadlifting and so on and so forth. One rep max is a huge part of foundation when it comes to limit strength, our one rep max. And all three of these particular strengths come from that concept. So, you know, the only time when it comes to, let me put this out there, when it comes to limit strength, the only time for our athletes out there, the only time that's going to be something that's going to determine your success in competition, literally that one rep max is powerlifting, right? How much can I bench press? How much can I squat? And how much can I deadlift one time? But it's still a good foundation to have as any athlete of any sport, how much you can do with each one of these. And I'm going to tell you why. It helps you to build a program around your training. So let me give a quick example. And Joe, if you could have a calculator handy, that'd be fantastic. Um, uh, just for this particular part right here. And I'm, I'm going to take my time with this whole thing. So gives you plenty of time to get the calculator, which by now talking, you probably already have one. So let's, let's use the bench press. Okay. Let's use the bench press as our, as our one time max. Now let's say Joe, that we can bench press one time, 200 pounds. 
that's our limit. All right. That's our, that's our absolute strength, our limit strength. Uh, we have two guys spotting us, uh, maybe three guys, and we get 200 pounds one time in a bench press. What we can do as a soccer player, as a football player, as a baseball player, as a tennis player, and the list goes on and on and on to figure out a program about how much we should be benching for reps, repetitions, is use that foundational strength that we just accumulated by trying our one rep max. So now what we do is this. We take the 200 pounds and we say this. What is 95% of 200, Joe? Uh, let's see here. 200. We'll just go minus 95%. is going to be 190 pounds. 190 pounds for two reps. What about 90% of 200? So, I can probably totally do this in my head, but my luck mm. on the spot is I'll I'll screw it up. That's all right. <laughs> but it's 90%. Uh, we got 180. 180 for three reps. Do you see the direction I'm going here? Yeah. And then it would be 85% and whatever that number may be for four reps and then 80% and whatever that number. So that's what I would want my athlete to be able to do. Okay, so let's say that um, 60% of 200 and whatever the number is, I would want my athlete to be able to do anywhere between five and six reps of that particular amount of weight. And that's how you base a lot of your program. Okay, this is just one example. There's so much more that goes with, with putting a program together. But this is how you base, based off of your, when we talk about limit strength, it's how athletes use this for figuring out their reps, 10 reps, eight reps, six reps, four reps, depending on what you're building, strength, size, power, speed. Okay. So that is what makes this so important. And these three concepts we're going to talk about today are all part of this. They're all part of this, this particular situation. Make sense? It does. So, you know, let's break down how these three types of limit strength are used and what their benefits are. And we're going to start with concentric strength. Now, if you look it up in a definition in a book, there's going to be, you know, maybe a drawn out definition. But just to say it real simple, part of what you'll see is it is when a muscle shortens and overcomes resistance. So when you think about a muscle shortening, let's make this really simple for all of our folks out there. Think about gentlemen, think about when you want to show off your biceps and you curl your arm up, that bicep is in a shortened state right then and there. So when you're doing a barbell curl, the concentric movement, okay, which allows the muscle to shorten and it overcomes resistance is when you are curling the bar up from your hip to your shoulder and shortening the muscle as you overcome the resistance, which is whatever amount of weight you have on the bar before then re returning back to the hip again, okay? The squat from the lowered position when you're in a seated position as you push yourself back up to the standing position, that's concentric. The bench press, when the bar is at the chest or just above the chest, and you press it upward before racking it back up on the bench. These are the types of things that are related to concentric strength. So a lot of people want to know what are the benefits of concentric exercises. And I can tell you this right now. They stimulate strength. For that matter, strength endurance even more so. Concentric exercises allow the body to recover quicker because they create less micro tears in the muscle. So people are saying, okay, what are micro tears in the muscle? Folks, here is a misconception, a lot of, especially a lot of our younger people in our beginning 
our, our beginners, uh, regardless of age, have. They seem to think that when they're in the weight room and they begin to work out, what happens here, Joe, is people think that that pump you feel when you're done is you building muscle. And you are building muscle, ladies and gentlemen, but you're not building muscle in that moment. You're tearing it down. You're causing small micro tears throughout the muscle as you tear it down before it rebuilds to get bigger and faster and stronger. So in that particular situation, okay, you have to understand when it comes to concentric exercises, they don't create the most micro tears, which means you're not going to get, in my professional opinion, they're very important for a lot of reasons, okay? But if you're looking to get the biggest muscles and the strongest muscles, it's going to be the next thing we're going to talk about. But let's finish here first with concentric because we have to understand the benefits. If you're looking for workouts with less soreness, concentric exercises are fantastic. All right. If you're looking for workouts with less micro tear in the muscle, concentric, and, and, and so what therefore meaning quicker recovery, quicker recovery, concentric exercises are fantastic. Concentric exercises help fight fatigue. They help increase stamina. So it's not that it's not important. As a matter of fact, it's absolute necessity here. Okay. It's an absolute necessity. Concentric exercises help produce speed and power. Things like uh, when you talk about, you know, so tell me, you say, Coach Tony, tell me what what athletes are we talking about here? And it's not that they shouldn't be doing the other types of, of strengths, but concentric strength is huge for boxers, swimmers, runners, endurance athletes. It's not that a boxer doesn't need power, okay, or should I say, should I say uh, muscle strength or, you know, a, a ton of it for that matter. But when you think about you know, we'll say swimming. It's not that swimmers don't need the other types of strength we're going to talk about today, but the swimming motion is more concentric in nature than it is eccentric or isometric. It's more concentric in nature. All right. Lengthening the muscle, uh, as you, as you are in that swimming motion. And so concentrically is more important than eccentrically. Not that one is not important at all, but the most important there is concentric if that makes any sense. So you have to understand that. It, it, it does, T. And it, it, when you have a moment here, I just have a few questions too. So Go ahead. Oh, okay. So so first off, um, I just wanted to kind of put it out there. So one of the things that does with the micro tears, uh, I thought maybe we should uh, just really quick clarify or at least, you know, establish – what what it means to to build that muscle up so we know that we tear it down while working out a lot of people like you said they feel that that pump uh is them building muscle um no that that's that's typically done a, a huge part of that if if not i'd say most of it uh is based upon the foods that you're taking in that your body uses to repair those micro tears. Uh, that whole idea behind you are what you eat um, has a lot to do with that. You eat garbage food, but you're working out and you can't understand why you're not getting the gains that you should be. You need to look at, at your nutrition. Um, and so that, that's something that's very important. And, and of course, uh, we, we cover that sort of thing uh, in our supplement episodes and, and, and really follow up with uh, uh, the pharmacist on those ones. But mm -hmm. just something to mention. Uh, but I do have a question. Sure. So, or, well, you know, before I get to that, well, just for clarification, concentric exercises. So really we're looking at when muscles are going from shortened to lengthened. Is that correct? Opposite. 
Oh, oh, okay. So when they're completely lengthened. So if I'm at the bottom of a curl coming up. Yes. And when you reach when you reach the top of that curl, your bicep muscle is the primary mover there. Okay. And so you're looking at your primary mover. So you people would say, Well, my tricep is lengthening when I do that. That's your secondary. That's your secondary. That's your secondary mover. Your forearms are in there too for sure. Yeah. So if you folks, if you look at the squat. It, just to add a little bit to what Joe just said, if you look at the squat, if you're in a seated position, you've already lowered yourself. Mm-hmm. You're in the seated position, weight on your back. The quadricep muscle group, four muscles making up the quadricep. The quadricep muscle group is the primary mover here. As you're coming back up, the quadricep muscle group shortens. Your hamstring muscle group lengthens. Right. All right. And right. your quadricep muscle group being uh, significantly stronger than your, than your hamstring muscle group. So, so you are in a standing position. Quadricep is now shortened, uh, and the bench press, when you start from your chest level and you start to press up your pectoral muscles, your chest muscles shorten your lats lengthen. So, so, um, just as an understanding, it's when the muscle that is focused on is shortening. All right. So when you're saying, uh, or well, this may make make more more sense. I think you kind of answered my last one. Is is there any examples of something that would be uh, concentric only, like because you were saying it would be better to do concentric exercises? Um, And so I'm wondering if I can give you an example. Sure. Here's an example using body weight. When you're doing a push-up, instead of starting at the top where you're doing a push-up plank, you're literally holding your body. They're getting ready to descend. Right. Simply, simply start from the ground up, do a push up, then just allow yourself to lower back down to the ground, do a push up, then just allow yourself to lower back down to the ground. Don't, don't lower yourself slowly. You can actually do a put literally folks with your chest on the ground, hands off to either side of your shoulder, push yourself up, then, then take a knee and go back down flat on the ground again, push yourself up. So you're basically doing nothing more than concentric movement there. Right, Eccentric good. would be lowering yourself slowly back down to the ground, which we'll get into in a minute. That's just right. an example. No, that, that, um, that's perfect. Right a lot of times doing these type of movements requires assistance from other people. If you're just going to do concentric movement, mm-hmm. um, if you understand, uh, if you're doing lat pull downs, the concentric movement is when you are in the beginning grabbing the bar and then you begin to pull the bar down to the back of your neck or to the front of your chest, top of your chest. Mm -hmm. That was the concentric movement. If you're not going to do the eccentric part, you could do one of two things there, which standing up would be ridiculous every time. Uh, So you can actually have spotters who are behind you and they return the bar back and then you reach up, grab again. So you're literally doing just the concentric movement uh, in that particular situation. Okay. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's a, uh, I think that explains it perfectly. Yeah. I mean, when looking to produce such, such results, most athletes will focus on the concentric phase for certain periods of time, which we just talked about. We're preparing for competition. So, I mean, that's basically some examples I just gave you of just focusing on concentric. And that may be for the different types of sports we just talked about uh, right before right before they're getting ready for competition. So in the off season, as you're getting closer and closer to in season, uh, you know, for the last four weeks, that may be where a lot of concentric movement is being done specifically just for that particular, that particular sport. Okay. Now, so with concentric under our belt, 
for the most part. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about eccentric. We've said it a million times now, but let's talk about it. How much weight you can lower, okay? How much weight you can return back to the starting position without losing control? Remember I was talking about the Hulk, ladies and gentlemen, in the beginning of the show? lowering the car down and not losing control. He always seemed to lose control. He had a problem. So, you know, unlike concentric strength, we are lengthening the muscles here. All right. The primaries. So let me go back to what we just talked about with our barbell curl, our squat, and our bench press. If you remember the barbell curl, Joe, it's when you were actually curling up and shortening the bicep. Now, to lengthen our primary mover, which is the bicep, you start to return the bar back to its resting spot, which is about thigh high, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe upper thigh high. And so it really depends actually on how long your arms are, Uh, you know, everyone, you know, that's, that's different for everybody. So when you're returning it back, the movement needs to be slow and in control. And if I had to give uh, a rule of thumb here, I like to return in the eccentric phase three to four seconds. So I'm now curled up. I have the bar. If you can envision this, folks, it's at my shoulders. I'm now returning back down in my barbell curl, back down to the upper portion of my thigh. And it's taking me every bit of four seconds to get the bar back down there. Slow and controlled. Very important. With the squat, I am now standing up and I'm going to lower myself to that seated position with the barbell on my back, okay, with perfect form. And as I am going downward into that eccentric phase, I want to take three to four seconds to get to that spot where basically from my knee to my hip is parallel with the ground, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that would be the eccentric movement there. And of course, with the bench press. I'm holding the bar fresh off the rack, all right, or in the middle of however many reps I'm doing. As I'm lowering the bar down to my chest, it would be great. And this could be dumbbells too. It would be great to be able to take three to four seconds of control movement to get to my chest. Can you go longer than that? Yes. That's that whole other concept we're going to talk about in the future called time under tension. Um, and, and so and it's, it's extremely important to understand how important it is to control the weight. If for no other reason, health and safety reasons, uh, you get out of control and you're, especially if you're moving some heavy weight, you can really put yourself in jeopardy. So, you know, eccentric exercises, you know, they help to teach slow and steady wins the race. Uh, I guess it's more of a tempo, if you will, control. So, uh, real quick, and you had mentioned something there, which I mean, I knew the answer, but I want to make sure that that everyone else does. Is there any reason why we would not uh, dumbbells would not work with this? Is there any, uh, uh, you know, any sort of exercise or something that comes across your mind that it's like, eh, you know, it, this is something you really got to use a straight bar or, like you said, a barbell uh, to do barbell curls or, or anything like that. I have literally not. I could tell you that I, nothing is coming to my head right now. Uh, dumbbells are fantastic. Um, the dumbbells I like even more than straight bar because they're more functional strength. And, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean by that? They're more, they're not universal. They're isolateral. 
So, right. and I hate to get into that because that's a different show, but well, I, I think we could sum it up just by saying the other hand can't help. <laughs> right. You know, the, the right, right can't help the left. You, you all have right to, and, all left. and that's what I mean by functional. It's everyday movement. You don't right. ever, it's always both sides of your body have to understand how to support the other side while it is doing something, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a less more, a little, a little more strenuous. And so what is this side of my body supposed to be doing rather than both are helping in the movement at the same time. It's not that universal is not important, but isolateral to me is, is where it's at when it comes to being in the best shape you can get in. Um, so dumbbells are fantastic. Uh, flex bands, jump stretch bands, fantastic body weight in these movie, in these movements are fantastic. Uh, kettlebell, uh, is fantastic with eccentric strength. So, there's not there's not really one thing I could think of. And if there is something that comes up in my head when we do the video where mm-hmm. we demonstrate, I will definitely talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. But off the top of my head, I can't I can't think of anything right now. Um, so eccentric exercises do more. And this is, quote unquote, damage, so mm-hmm. to speak. So what does that mean? Well, remember, we just talked about the micro tear conversation. We talked about the fact that uh, with with concentric training, less micro tears, less recovery or quicker recovery, I should say. And and so a lot of people love that particular form of training because it does it does help increase muscle strength and muscle size, but they don't have to worry about as much soreness and they adapt quicker and to the stimulus and they also uh, recover quicker. So people enjoy that part of it, and, and, and that's great. But eccentric is, is definitely my favorite when it comes to increase in muscle size, when it comes to increase in power, when it comes to increase in strength. And one of the biggest reasons why, okay, and, and one of the biggest reasons why is because in eccentric movement, especially slow and controlled movement, to the returning of the starting point, wherever you're, whatever exercise you're doing, it does cause a great amount of tear, micro tear, all right, in the muscle group in question, whichever muscle group that might be for whatever exercise you're performing. And so it causes the muscle to build back bigger and stronger, much more so than concentric. Again, it's not that concentric isn't important. It's very important. But eccentric, in my personal opinion, is the most important movements you can do. Do you do them seven days a week, 12 months a year, where you're doing nothing but eccentric movement? No, that's insanity. You do them in phases, periodize your training. Four weeks where you may do eccentric training, maybe even less than that, maybe even micro-periodize that into two weeks where you do eccentric training uh, and, and really work on the, you know, the bigger muscles, the stronger muscles, uh, eccentric exercises, strengthen tendons and ligaments, which really help when it comes to decreasing injury chances. A lot of people forget about the fact that tendons and ligaments are very important here, connecting bone, right? Connecting muscle. When you have tendons and ligaments that are weak and muscles that are getting bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger, Joe, that is a, that is a sure dumpster fire waiting to happen. 
Okay. You can easily cause major, major injury to yourself, folks. If you're doing nothing but working on strengthening your muscles and not strengthening your tendons and ligaments, you're building bigger muscle, but not doing anything for your tendons and ligaments. You're, um, you, you have the same rubber band holding on to something that's getting bigger and heavier when you think about it, Joe. And mm. so what's going to happen eventually? It's going to snap. Gonna tear that. Yeah. You're yeah. going to tear. It's going to snap. So uh, eccentric movements help build strength in the tendons and ligaments to help support the body as it grows. It's not that concentric is not important. It's that in my personal opinion, eccentric is the most important. You have to be able to use eccentric strength. And again, it's not something you do, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks. I say two to three weeks at a time at times. And there are ways to do eccentric uh, strength movements without, without worrying about implementing concentric at the same time. Um, if you now, now folks here, here's, let's use the push up again, should we? Or shall we, I should say. If you start from a push up plank, Joe, and you begin to lower yourself to the ground mm-hmm. slowly, 10 seconds to get to the ground and touch the ground, now you're laying on the ground. With your hands and your knees and your feet, push yourself back up again. Don't, don't come into a push up the way you would normally do a push-up, that's concentric. We're skipping that right now. We're just doing eccentric. Now, here we go again, slowly for 10 seconds as we lower ourselves to the ground. And then again, with your knees and your feet and your hands, push yourself back up again, get ready, and you do uh, 10 sets of 10 reps. That's an example of eccentric. If you're going to squat, folks, with the barbell on your back, you have to have spotters here. I don't know how else to say that, or there's another way, and we'll talk about that in a second. When you are in a standing position and you are taking anywhere from six to eight seconds, eight to 10 seconds to lower yourself down to the bench or the box that you're going to sit slightly on, and then the three gentlemen, one on each side of you and one behind you, lift you back up, and then you do it again. You're not doing the concentric part. They're pulling you back up. The concentric, the concentric part, they pull you back up. You're doing the eccentric part, lowering yourself down, all you, nice and controlled, all the way down. Sit, they help you back up. Slowly down, here we go again, rep number three. Sit, they help you back up. Make sense? That is eccentric. You can imagine what I would say with the bench press, I would think, right? Or should I give the example? No, I think we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you get it. Basically, in the concentric movement, okay, mm-hmm. returning you to where you start, you have people helping you in that situation. Right. And with bench press and uh, and um, and squat, that's an absolute necessity to have people working with you uh, sure. when you do that uh, particular move. So that's eccentric uh, in a nutshell, if that makes any sense. It does. And, you know, and so, uh, uh, you know, something to, to, to ask you with this one as well. So if you're looking, if you're doing the, the eccentric, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. The eccentric, uh, in order to have those greater micro tears for, to, to build size and, uh, and what have you, wouldn't you want to also do the concentric? So then that way you're kind of beating the muscle up both ways and increasing the micro tears for that whole bigger, faster that everybody wants. Let's talk isometric and then lo and behold, I'll be exactly what I'll be talking about after that um, okay. is, is doing that. So, so the question is good, just a little too early, 
I want to get all three in before we discuss that, uh, should I say. So isometric strength, okay? Uh, and again, if you if you see the long definition in the dictionary or any exercise science book, uh, you're going to see part of it saying when a muscle develops tension but does not shorten. So it's again, it's static strength, if you will. Some people say the muscle is in constant contraction. So, you know, and and you know, basically, what we're talking about there is. And, and there's a difference between – anybody who's ever heard of isotonic strength uh, as opposed to isometric strength, uh, big difference. Big difference there, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but first, let me talk about uh, what an example is uh, of an isometric strength. If you go back to the Hulk again, it's when he's just holding the car over his head. Okay? So if he's holding the car over his head and it's not moving – he's not moving it anywhere. He's just holding it there. Your muscles are still shortening. They're still contracting, but you're not shortening the muscle completely, and you are basically just holding the weight there. So, I mean, what's the benefit of that? What type of what type of strength is that? Well, that's that's a huge benefit uh, if you're able to do that for longer periods of time. So, what do isometric exercises help? You know, as far as you know, let me give you some examples. How about we do that, and then we'll talk about what what they help. Uh, wall sits, everybody knows them, everybody hates them, or they love to hate them. When you're doing a wall squat or a wall sit, you put yourself in that position for 30, 45, a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, two and a half minutes. Uh, and then some of us love to just throw that 45 pound plate on our, on our lap, uh, that plate on our lap and, and just sit there. Uh, and you can feel the muscles shortening. You can feel the contraction, the legs start shaking and you are just thinking to yourself, my God, am I going to make it out of this alive? That That is isometric strength, ladies and gentlemen, which is extremely good for you uh, in a squat position, right? So when you're in a bench press and you rack, you unrack the bar from the rack and you're just holding the bar up in the air, that's isometric. A plank, which is one of the best core exercises somebody can do. A plank is isometric. It's static. You're holding your body weight. Your toes are flexed. Your forearms are on the ground. Looks somewhat like a push-up. You're holding your body weight. Your shoulder to your ankle is a straight line. You're not picking your butt way up in the air and bridging. You're not dropping your hips down real low and dipping. You're holding a plank, and you're holding it for as long as you can. That is isometric strength. It helps break through moments when hitting a strength plateau for sure. And we'll talk about that, okay? Some people, you know, they say, well, it's, is, it, is it constant contraction? Is that helping us? And it, yes, it is. It is helping you. It helps. It's, if you think about it, Joe, it's like the crossroad between eccentric and concentric, okay? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 that, it's that one moment where you're motionless. And so it's very important to understand that, that that's an important moment. It's about control. It's about core strength. It's about stability. And it's, it's extremely important to understand. But you know what? Let me, let me get back to, um, because there's, this is one of those shows. Remember we talked about the exercise shows and why they're difficult to listen to one time. You have to listen to them more than once because there's so much information when we talk about this stuff and why video is going to be fantastic uh, in the very near future. 
when when we're when we're talking about this stuff here, isometric and isotonic, right? So isometric strength, folks, is when you're just holding yourself in place. All right, you can't you 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 can't move anywhere. You're holding yourself, and and there's no you're not going up, you're not going down, you're not doing anything. Isotonic is when you are trying to go up and you cannot move the force that you're trying to move any further. So let me give you an example. If I have a barbell, okay, and I have, Joe, three 10-pound plates on each side, and I'm holding it in an isometric state where my arms are bent at 90 degrees. I'm holding it out in front of me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm like halfway up in the curl. And that's what I want though. I want isometric strength. That's what I'm working on. So I hold the bar there for as long as I can. Okay. That is my goal is to hold that bar in that particular state for as long as I can. That's isometric. Isotonic is if I tried to curl that bar, it was right above my hips. I start to curl up and I can no longer move that resistance any further. So Joe, I have you strip a 10 pound plate off of each side and now all of a sudden i could start moving that resistance again and then i get stuck again joe and you move a 10 pound plate off of each side and then i continue through the motion all the way up to my shoulders that's isotonic that's the ability to as you lower resistance continue to make that movement that same movement all the way up from point a to point b does that make sense yeah yeah and so that is the difference between. So sometimes people will say, well, what's the difference between isometric and isotonic? That's in my own personal opinion, based on my studying, that's what I get from that. And I think I'm right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think I'm right. Uh, so that's what we're talking about. Uh, you know, when we talk about isometric and we talk about benefits uh, as we move away from isotonic now, when we talk about benefits with isometric, there's several things. When we talk about breaking through plateaus, so um, what are we talking about when we talk about plateaus? When we talk about you know certain benefits, when we talk about plateauing, all right, plateauing is is hitting a strength where you can't get through a particular resistance. So, Joe, if you think about a bench press, when you bring it down to your chest and you start to bring it up, and what do we call that? Sticking point where you can't get through that plateau. You can't get past that sticking point. And if you could just get that weight through that one area of motion, you'd be able to get that bar all the way back up to where you can rack it again. And so isometric exercises are fantastic for those type of plateaus. When you start working on doing bench press and you start working on bringing the bar down halfway and holding it in that position and trying to hold it as long as you can – with spotters, ladies and gentlemen, that is the kind of stuff isometric exercise helps and benefits when it comes to eccentric and concentric movement. It helps you to have more power, more stamina, more strength when you are lowering the bar and that transition to raising the bar from eccentric to concentric. Moving through that plateau, through that sticking point, you can use that with the squat, you can use it with the deadlift and so on and so forth. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It helps strengthen the muscle. It helps boost muscle growth. You know, it, this is interesting also that I, I, I have read about before. It's very interesting. When it comes to 
rehabilitatory work. Okay. When you talk about rehabilitation, we talk about physical therapy and so on and so forth. I've read a lot about, you know, and uh, physical therapists talking about, all right. And again, very interesting. Isometric, isometric exercises, all right, are fantastic and actually preferred by many physical therapists, depending on the injury, uh, to be used by their clients, their customers, the people that are injured to help the recovery process move along quicker. And so one of the biggest reasons why, I'll just point that out, one of the biggest reasons why is because it helps to stay away sometimes from the injury site and strengthen all the muscles around the injury site, which is a huge benefit. So that is huge. Um, And one of the reasons why isometric exercising is fantastic when it comes to physical therapy. That was something I never really thought about before uh, until about maybe two years ago. So now the best way to bring all three of these concepts together, which I think Joe touches on the question you asked earlier, which is why I put a, put the brakes on real quick because mm. I knew that we were going to bring this up after. I see. Yeah. Uh, it possibly uh, at times you combine all of them within one workout, which is something we do more of. I think that's the norm, isn't it? I mean, when you think about it, all three of these are used in most workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, ladies and gentlemen, this is what's great about the exercise videos we're going to do. When we're doing the videos, I'm going to always talk to you and say to you, here's that example of concentric. Here's that example of eccentric. Here's that example of isometric. Here's how we combine all three of them together. But more so, why is it important to combine all three together? It you would think I, I don't want to say well it's you know that's the it's obvious but but it is obvious when you think about everything we just talked about in this show Joe there's times when we need to slow down on our training and not put so much stress on our bodies and give our bodies a chance to recover but we don't want to just walk away from exercise that's the time when concentric training comes into play right because it's less stressful. There's less micro tear in the muscle. There's a quicker recovery rate and less less um, soreness on the body. Make sense? It does. There's a time when uh, you don't want to combine all three uh, because you are really looking to put a lot of stress on the body. You're looking oh, yeah. to increase muscle strength. You're looking to increase power uh and more so than just in the concentric movement you're looking to help strengthen tendons and ligaments to help prevent injury or at least at least decrease the percentages the chances of injury and then there's those other times when you're looking to help both concentric and eccentric out by helping you break through those plateaus or if you're a physical therapist, you love using it because it helps you to strengthen the core of the body and all the muscles around an injury site while you're working on that particular injury when you're re- rehabilitating your patients. And that's isometric, okay? Mm-hmm. If you are in a full body workout where you're doing a program for six to eight weeks, where you're trying to strengthen tendons, strengthen ligaments, increase your power to the utmost ability, increase your one rep max, uh, at times uh, work on um, decreasing soreness, at times working on muscle stamina, okay, at times working on core strength, that's all three. And therefore, that's what we're looking for the most and why we do 
all that. It's why we bring the bar down in the bench press and bring it back up. It's why we squat down and squat back up. It's why we deadlift up and return the bar back down. It's why we do planks in between our sets. It's why we do wall sits on squat days in order to add to that particular type of intensity level and so on and so forth. Putting all three together is the utmost benefit. It's, it's the pinnacle. But at times, you have to understand what the benefits of all three are and why sometimes you want to just isolate them for a couple of weeks while you're allowing the rest of your body to either recover or while you're trying to make it even stronger. About as simple as I can make it, I think. Yeah, no, I think that that sums it up perfectly. Yeah. Um, and for those that are thinking, you know, it, it's interesting because when you say how isometric can help, you know, it helps strengthen your core. I think a lot of the stuff uh, a lot of people may already know, mm-hmm. uh, like how, you know, the planks are. But then they hear the idea that it's used for uh, like rehab and what have you. And they're thinking, well, you know, it's, it's probably because when you're in rehab, you're taking it easy. Right. Right. Of course, that's not always necessarily true at all, but uh, you're taking it easy. And so they're thinking, well, that might be the that's like the light version of exercise. But I'm going to tell you, I had mentioned a a workout video. It was a very old one on abs, rock hard abs by uh, uh, who was the the young lady every morning. Amber. No. Oh, you're Uh, talking about way before Amber. Yeah. Yeah. When we had, we had talked about the, Denise uh, Austin, Denise Austin, mm. uh, and you can find it on YouTube. Um, one of the three workouts that she does is an isometric one, which I thought was probably going to be next to nothing. You can't get apps like this. And there's, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I'm here to tell you that after one session and I've never done it again, uh, <laughs> if it's impossible, if if it's possible at all to actually make the back, like the inside of your ab muscles, not just to, you know, we, we feel on the outside. This was like behind that. <laughs> the, the she, yeah, she she knew what to do to really. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, I couldn't I can't explain the burn. It wasn't just like like you feel like your your biceps after doing curls or what have you. This was like in an area that was that you never knew existed was Again, behind your abs, it was just insane. Do I, yeah, Trust am, me. I, am I sore or do I have indigestion? You weren't yeah, oh, sure which one it was. Oh, no, no, well, not, no, you could tell it was muscular. You knew it was muscular. Yeah. It's just, you could feel the outside of your abs and it'd be just fine because that's not the part that's sore. <laughs> It yeah. was behind them. It was just, yeah. it was a really weird feeling. Um, not so weird that like I was distressed about it, um, but I'm saying it really works in a different way. And so never discount it just because you're hearing some of these other words that go along with it. Um, you know, again, especially if it's being said, you know, being used in rehab or what have you, uh, because I think you, you know, it, it, it's definitely worth a try, right? You don't want to, you don't want to do yourself a disservice and not at least giving it a shot. No, and slow and steady wins the race too. You don't have to go crazy right in the beginning. I mean, you, no. if she's doing three sets of everything, you do one set of everything. Yeah. If it's 45 minutes long, do the first 15 minutes and take three times before you get the whole 45 minute workout in. And again, less sets, not as many reps. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, hey, hey, you know, and then there's always that struggle. Everybody because they want it now. They want they want six packs. Yeah, well, I tell you what, you're not getting it now. So <laughs> no, let me not. let me be the father figure here and let you know I, you're not getting it. So I'm, I'll tell I'm you. four and a half, five years into everything. I finally got mine back from when I was a teenager, uh, and I got to tell you, oh man, then you have to maintain it. That sucks too. Right. But anyways, let's talk about next week. Sure. Uh, so next week we're going to start diving into what well, we we've we've talked about intermittent fasting. 
We did. We've talked about the carnivore diet. We have. Um, and we've done this in the past with other, with keto, I believe, mm-hmm. combining the two. So what does intermittent fasting look like if we use the carnivore, if we're following the carnivore uh, uh, eating lifestyle? Um, you know, which if if you can remember now, and, and I'm going to uh, go down this path just real quick. Sure. If you remember with intermittent fasting, one of the things was uh, during during the evening before you went into your fast, you were watching how much glucose you were taking in, how much carbs, things of that nature. Uh, well, obviously, this isn't a problem on the carnivore diet. So uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to say this is going to have a lot of a lot of you. You would have heard a lot of this uh, that we've said before when following the ketogenic diet. It's going to be a great review show, if, right. if, if, if nothing else. It's going right. When you think about it, it's going to be simple. If you followed us on the carnivore diet journey, if you followed us on intermittent fasting, then this is going to be – you're probably already thinking in your head, oh, I already know like basically what they're going to talk about. Uh, maybe, maybe, but it's really, it's really a simple thing, but it might not be for you, but it might be for you. That's what yeah. our show is all about. And again, you know, you might know what we're going to say, but you don't know what we're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you might know yeah. what we're going to say, but you might not know exactly yeah. what we're going to say. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the last time we talked intermittent fasting was in season one. It might have been, I'm looking at it right, right here, it might have been like episode four. I well, mean, and was, I'm glad too, because everyone's just, people started thinking that this was what this whole thing was about. And that was very annoying. I was like, it's like one millionth of what we're, this show is all about. But I mean, so that's why I, I was glad we got away from that for a while. But uh, love it. So I love bringing it back. Um, and that, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It was actually our, oh, no, it was probably, it was in the beginning. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. It was like, it was episode six of season one. So, yeah, it's been some time. And I think, I think, I think we're due for a review of it. Anyway, yeah. So. Yeah. And but, re- real uh, quick, uh, before we uh, head off into the abyss here, Joe, uh, last week um, yeah. I did, a, or by the time some of you hear this, because some people aren't going to listen to the show for a while, but uh, those who are going to listen to it right now, I did an interview on a wonderful podcast called Rise Above with he- with host uh, David Hess, who will actually be uh, an interview on our show uh, in the near future. But uh, it was a fantastic video slash audio. I enjoyed it so much. Um, and we had a great interview. And it was the first time David dabbled with doing a live version and the recorded version at the same time. And the Wi-Fi wasn't doing too great. And so unfortunately it's out there, but uh, it gets cut. The audio is cut a lot. So we're going to do it again. Hmm. Uh, We're going to have some fun again. And then when that one is done, then we'll go ahead and uh, we'll post that to two brothers, one Mike, and, and you guys can get a look at what we're talking about on that show. That's a good podcast, by the way, anybody wants to listen to some stories about people and what they've overcome in life rise above with David Hess. That's, that's a good podcast. So uh, there's that. Uh, but in case some people may have listened to it already and said, wow, he, he were, they really butchered that one. Well, it's because it was a, it was an experiment show that day. And, um, yeah, some and technical it, difficulties. Some technical difficulties. Uh, and, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I listened and, and watched, um, and it was, um, you could really use context clues and figure yeah. out what was being said. It yeah. was, it a, was it a little bit off putting slightly, but at the same time, if you're, if you're interested enough to listen and you know what the show's about, you know, what's going on, you'll look past that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the internet, the internet has tons of trolls and I'm sure Mr. S is going to deal with that. Yeah. He's, well, he already said he's going to redo the show. He was right. a little irritated. Um, uh, I've known David for a while now, but um, yeah, so there's that, but that's all I got. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m., and that's Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. All right, Joe, I got to do the line one more time. Just right. one more time before we go. Are you ready? Yep. Mr. McGee? Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I was angry. I think I should have been. I should have been an actor. I think I should have been an actor. Well, you would have been seven back then. You would have been a very young Hulk. I don't care. That's fine. Hulk (laughs) Junior. What's the mini Hulk? How about that, baby Hulk? That would have been it, baby Hulk. Like.